welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. All right, Leland, we've got a lot to talk about, including the thing I want to get to first, but we'll wait <laughs> because America is awesome. All right, let's jump into the local stuff first before we talk about how awesome we are as a nation in soccer. Um <laughs> For a guy that watched a soccer game with you a week ago and only heard the opposite statements made, I'm, I'm excited of the optimism ahead of us here. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what it's amazing what a goal can do. But let's talk football first. Um, Riverheads kind of controlled their opponent, Central Lunenburg. Essex controlled King and Queens on Saturday. So that means that it's Essex versus Riverheads for the sixth consecutive season if you're an Essex Trojans fan. Uh, if you're a Riverheads fan, it's six out of s- seven. So, yes. um, the COVID year, Essex didn't play. That's, that's right. the only hang up. Is it, is it lack of Essex winning? It was not participating in the spring of 21. Then. Right. Which meant that West Point's fans got to learn that they didn't have a chance um, when they <laughs> played Riverheads that one year. Um, but honestly, this is going to be on paper, it looks like a great matchup. And I'm not saying it can't be a great matchup. While I don't think it will be, I think Riverheads will probably control this game and win fairly comfortably when the final whistle blows. I do think this might be the best Essex team we've seen in a few years, Leland. Yeah, there's there's the debate on the message boards. And everybody on there arguing generally has a dog in the fight or you know previously got eliminated by the Gladiators or the Trojans. And... You, you are the most neutral of for this area uh, of the broadcast team that we throw out this every week. So that's why I usually let you say first, I'm, I'm a Riverheads guy. I'm a Riverheads grad. So I'm, yeah, this is going to be a close game and all the problems that they can give Riverheads and on this and that. That's what I'm here for. But I, you say on paper, I think you can make on paper say whatever you want to say, even with this game. Uh, you know, last year on paper, Riverheads played a lot of these same players with a lot of the same players. And it really wasn't a contest. It was 56 to 12 a year ago in Greenville in a state semifinal on a Saturday afternoon in December. Well, here we are again with the same thing. Is, is Riverheads 44 points worse? Is Essex 44 points better? Is it a mixture of that two that make up that difference? I, I think paper can tell you right there that it probably isn't, you know, some spectacular game on paper because I just don't think – either one of these t- teams have changed enough to make that score that much closer. Now, do I think it's going to be 44 points? No, I think it's going to be less than that because Riverhead started that game a year ago on fire. Just, it couldn't have started any better for them. They were up 28, nothing in the first quarter up 35, nothing before Essex smelled the end zone. And so I, you know, I isn't going to go exactly like you can't plan for, you know, perfect storm of Riverhead's optimal, but I think if Riverheads doesn't turn the ball over early like they did in the 2018 game where it was the second quarter before anybody scored and Riverheads went on to win 28 to 6, I I think if long as Riverheads doesn't have like the first worst worst first quarter possible, then I think they should be in control of this game. And I'm also interested to see if if Riverheads is able to get a lead how Essex reacts to that because they haven't really dealt with that all season. Yeah, and so that, that's the thing, right? And I think you touched on it. it was, this was such a blowout last year 
Now, I don't think this Riverheads team is as good as they were last year, and I think maybe Essex is a little bit better than they were last year, but that's a large margin to overcome. Yeah. And so that's why I yeah. think this is, I, I think instead of maybe being a six-score game, it's it's a three-score game. Um, and, and also, like you said, Riverheads kind of ran out there early on them. Uh, and I think also it could be closer because of that. But um, I just, I, I don't think that Essex is going to have the horses to hang with Riverheads. You just touched on it right there before you pass it back to me. They're not used to being behind this season. They're also not used to playing a lot of good teams this season. When you look at that schedule, there's a lot of one-win teams on that schedule. And I just, Riverheads has played Lord Botetot. Riverheads has played some other teams that, um, you know, solid playoff teams, yeah. solid playoff teams. And, and I, look, you mentioned I, for being a person that covers local sports in this area, I'm not typically a homer for teams in this area. And I kind of say things that at times rub fan bases the wrong way this year included where I said, I didn't know if the Shenandoah district was actually that good this year, or if it was just a lot of average teams beating up on each other. And I still think the Shenandoah district for the most part, is very much tougher than anything Essex saw. Essex played a yeah. lot of bad football teams this year. King and Queens is probably the best team they played, and I don't think much of King and Queen. So I, I don't think um, there's much in this. Now, that being said, do I think Essex poses maybe the best threat to Riverheads winning another state championship? Yeah, I do. Um but I don't think this yeah, is going to be game, close. This game is for the state championship. Yeah, I, 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 I think that, the right? winner of this game wins the state championship. I think Riverheads wins this right. game comfortably and then blows out whatever team gets to go to Salem to play them. But um, I, I just I don't see anything on the Essex side of things that makes me think they're going to be able to overcome as big of a deficit as they had last year. And I, just, I don't think they're going to be as much of a dual threat as you need to be to beat a Riverheads team. And the reason you say that is there's a lot of the same name. It's the Cam Robinson kid that's committed to UVA that is is deserving. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. very good player. He made that sweet catch down the sideline last year for a touchdown. I think it was that first score of the game. He had seven receptions, 150-some yards uh, in the touchdown. They had the quarterback, Trayvon Ball, who's not back this year, but Michael Brimmer will be stepping in his spot. Last year, Ball had 21 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown and also was 14 for 24 for 262 yards and a touchdown. He had a big day, and they still lost that way. So Michael Brimmer needs to be better than that, in my mind, for them to really have a good shot at knocking off Riverheads. Is he capable? He's first team all district. That's fine. I I just I want to see that. Uh, if if I'm Essex, I want to see him coming out hot. And then you got Dorian Harris. He he didn't have a big day last year. I'm key on players like Dorian Harris having a big day. I think the passing game will hurt the Gladiators on Saturday. I think it'll happen. I think they'll score a couple times with the passing game that running game is going to have to be working too. And so I kind of default, okay, the passing game is going to be there for Essex. They're going to have some success with that. At some point, Riverheads will probably, you know, be able to contain that to a point like they did last year, but you know, there's, it's going to hurt the gladiators, but that run game, if that run game is on point for Essex as well and getting productivity, that starts to be the formula for victory. There is that well-balanced, like you just said, attack that it takes to beat the gladiators. What Lord Botetot did, what, the loss before that for the Gladiators, East Rock back in 2016 or whatever year it was, you know, that took a balance attack. Like that's what it takes to beat Riverhead. So they're not going to just be able to chuck the ball down the field and expect to win the game. I really don't. They're going to have to have a good run game. And that means Dorian Harris can have to be a big day. Offensive player of the year in the district. He's going to have to live up to that. Yeah. I just, I think the Northern Neck district is kind of not very good. And um, I think we're going to see that on display. I mean, it, 
not to be that guy, but we've seen it for six straight, seven straight years now. Um, the Northern Neck brings somebody up. Yeah. And the Northern Neck District gets killed. One of those years, it was close. It was the game that Riverheads had to go to Middlesex High School to play this Essex team. I don't think that this Essex team is that Essex team. And I don't think this Riverheads team, even though they're not as good as they were last year, I don't think this Riverheads team is that Riverheads team. I think they're better than that. So I, I just think I think this is uh, not the recipe that Essex needs to find a win here. I, I do. You know, I, I would say Essex is most similar to that year's team uh, out of these last few. I think they are. Sure, but I don't think they're that good. Years. But, yeah, I think they were better back then. I thought they had more weapons around mm-hmm. the kid that was going to ODU back then. And um, I, I don't know. I, I saw on the message board someone talking about, like, there's a lot more weapons around them this year. I, I'm seeing the names. I'm seeing what they did last year. I'm seeing what they've done throughout the season. And it, it's just going to take a really great – I mean, it's not just that they have the weapons. They're going to have to kind of optimize. And that's what it takes to beat Riverheads. And yeah. it can happen. It can happen. You can optimize and win a game. But I, I just don't see in Riverheads – hurting themselves enough or allowing to be hurt enough for that to happen. If they get up, if they get up, I, I watch out for a one-sided score because I've just seen them come to Riverheads a couple times and, and kind of get their heads down and, and, you know, honestly not be conditioned because they play all these games all year against one and nine teams and they don't have to play four quarters. They're going to play four quarters against Riverheads. And I think last year was the first half. I think we saw Cam Robinson leaning over. Um, that Amar Vini, I think I saw him, you know, hands on his knees pretty early in that game. So yeah. it's going to take the effort to, you know, make them that tired, but they're going to need to keep it up all four quarters. So we'll have to see that Riverheads has played four quarter games this year. I know they ran through the district, but they played four quarter games. There was a couple of those games where it was the beginning of fourth quarter, but before it was, you know, absolutely decided. So I, you know, I, I just think Riverheads has been more tested. And also it just goes back to, I'm going to have to see Riverheads lose before I'm really going to pick them to lose. They're still scoring 40 points a game. They're giving up less than 15. I know Essex has only given up seven. I, I just kind of look at these point differentials here as about the same. I mean, 40 plus and giving up under 15 both. All right, good. Like everybody's good here. So um, I, I look for Caden to have a big game. Last year in this game wasn't his best game. He only had 10 carries, 54 yards, but the two touchdowns, but he didn't get all the yardage that he was expecting to get. Last year, the fullback. Uh, Cole Burton, he had a big day because Essex really came in trying to slow down what Luke Bryant, what Caden Cook Cash were going to do to him. And the fullback had a big day. He had 10 carries, 146 yards, two touchdowns, also caught two balls out of the backfield. So look for Cody Cash to have his opportunities. But I, I just don't, I don't see how they're going to slow Caden Cook Cash down again. But I am also excited about the the matchup there. Caden Cook Cash and Cam Robinson, you know, both playing in the backfield. You know, I guess Cam plays wide receiver but he plays linebacker. Caden Cook-Cash is going to be out there playing safety or linebacker, wherever they line up this week. And at some point they're going to hit each other and that's going to be a next level hit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I can expect. I mean, those, both those guys are going to be playing on Saturdays. So I'm excited about that matchup when, when, they, when it comes about. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. And I mean, again, like I hate to come back to it, but 2016 was the 38 point game. 2017's that year was at Middlesex high school. It was close. 2018, 22-point game. 2019, 41-point game. 2020, it was West Point, not Essex, and that was a blowout. I don't remember what that final was. I think 56-7 to 7 or 56-12. to 12. Yeah. yeah, it was a blowout. I remember that there was a lot of talk in the first quarter and not so much talk as they were leaving in the fourth. Um, 
And then last year, 44-point game. That's a, that's a lot of 40s. A lot of these same stars last year. A lot of 40s. So that's why I don't give much credence to this year is going to be different. Um, maybe it's not a 40-point game, but I don't think it's going to be a win. So I think I, Essex has got to want to make sure that they're keeping pace. Like if, if they're giving I think you're scores, right. If, they, if they fall behind two scores in the first quarter, pack it up. Yeah. They're going to have to score often and score early. I don't think they're going to do a great job at stopping Riverheads. I think that's what it takes to beat Riverheads is stopping them. Uh, but I don't think they're going to have that so much success. So the other route to overcome that is outscore them. I think they're going to need to score early and often, have a halftime lead, have something with confidence to build on because Riverheads is usually the better team in second halves. So have mm-hmm. a lead to work with there and put the pressure on Riverheads. And hurt them on the ground. I'm, I'm conceding the passing game will probably be successful. They're going to need to hurt them on the ground. Riverheads fans, they need to, um, you know, be good on third downs on both sides of the ball, uh, be better offensively on third down than they were last week. It wasn't terrible last week, and obviously the result was what they wanted, but just more efficiency on third down is needed there. Um, no early turnovers. Don't don't play into their yep. hand. And so, uh, yeah, I just it, – it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting game, and I, I do think – like we – said very early i said whoever wins this is gonna win the state title and i i just can't be convinced otherwise yeah and that's because on the other end of the bracket it's uh the grundy golden wave and the george with maroons in the color bowl i, I just george with probably wins that game i just don't think george with's gonna have enough to beat and, riverheads or for that matter if essex does something crazy and yeah. upsets riverheads i don't think they're gonna beat essex either and George With is the only team that has any history with either one of these teams. George With played Riverheads back in, I think, 15. And uh, Riverheads beat him in a state semi. And when it was still sectional play, uh, Garundi hasn't played either one of these teams. So that's the only one with past history. Class two, uh, you're looking at Pocosin and Central playing. And then Appomattox. Good for Central, man. Good yeah. for Central. Did not win. Yeah, Appomattox and uh, Graham will play on the other end of that bracket. So, man, it's... So- Knockdown battle right there. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the winner of that game wins the state championship. Um, But it gets hard to pick against Appomattox now that they've made it this far. I mean, I didn't think they'd come out of that region, but now that they have, whew. Yeah. They're playing their best football at the right time. Graham was the state runner-up last year, so they're trying to finish that off out. We know what Appomattox has done in the last eight years with their state titles, so that'll be that's a monster matchup. Yeah, great opportunity, though, for Central to keep rolling. That's the local-ish team uh, being in Woodstock. They've got a great chance to get into that state championship and play in Salem, but um, I don't know if they're going to have enough to beat Appomattox or Graham, frankly. Um, Class 3, Phoebus at Brentsville, and then Christiansburg, who knocked off Lord Botetot. They play Heritage, who beat uh, LCA, which is an amazing accomplishment because LCA recruits the best players, not only in Lynchburg, but also... Pennsylvania, Maryland, North Carolina, and really anywhere else they can recruit uh, and find players that will come there and then go to Liberty. So that's a huge win for Heritage and speaks not only to the great coaching that Heritage has, but also the poor coaching that LCA has. Um, Because to be able to recruit players, to be able to recruit players from all over the country, not be able to win a state championship is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, they lost the state championship last year to Phoebus and this year fall in the region final. But that matchup right there between Christiansburg and Heritage, everybody had penciled in Lord Botetop versus LCA. So, uh, yeah, good for both of those teams. And one of them's going to go to a state game. And, you know, Phoebus, you'd assume, but Brentsville's having a heck of a year and uh, they get the home game there. So it'll be interesting. I was going to say, because Christiansburg upset Lord Botetop and Heritage upsets LCA, it gets 
man, Phoebus, I would think is the favorite out of those four, but it's, and no offense to Brentsville. Um, cause that's the, you know, I I've seen a lot of Brentsville teams from my time up there and they're a lot better than they were then, but it gets real hard when you look at those four teams, you're like, man, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. One of these things is not as good as the other three. So it's, it, and it's Brentsville. It, it just seems like Phoebus Christiansburg or heritage, uh, have a shot at it. And I, I think Brentsville's the odd team out there. Yeah. Someone used to say that about Riverheads though, too. And probably there was a time when someone said it about Essex. And so maybe it's their time, but uh, yeah, I I'm saying it about it. Essex now, but sure. <laughs> um, class four, uh, you have Warwick and the Raiders. They're taking on the Dinwiddie generals. That's going to be Dinwiddie. And then they'll play uh, the winner of kettle run EC glass. They're going to be playing EC glass. I think yeah, glass comes classroom. out of that great district down there with heritage, with LCA, mm-hmm. with um, everybody good uh, down there, Brookville. So yeah, they're well tested at 12 and one and uh, that's a five o'clock game. So we won't have the final of that while we're on air on Saturday reminder, we'll be on air Saturday for the Riverheads game from 1230 on uh, covering the Riverheads Essex game. But yeah, that's it, going to be an interesting class four there. Verona won it last year. They're not in it anymore. They beat broad run. They're not in it anymore. So It'll be a new champion come out of class four. It'll be fun. It will be. Um, and Kettle Run, to their credit, does come out of that region that Broad Run, who has been the team in the class four championship for a little for a few years, um, they're out of that same region. But I, I just think EC yeah. class is a little bit better this year. Maury plays Green Run, and Stonebridge plays Highland Springs. Man, that Stonebridge Highland Springs game is going to be amazing. Um, it is every year. It is every year. They play every year. It's it's awesome. And you would think Mari is going to be the team that sees them. Um, but man, what a finish that's going to be over there. I don't know. Again, not saying Green Run can't win, but if I had to pick a team that definitely uh, my my last place team, it would be Green Run. I, I would put yeah. the other three ahead of them. And and we kind of did the same thing to Brentsville. I'd be less shocked if Green's run Green Run. I'd be less shocked if Green Run made a run here. Than right, than Brentsville. Brentsville. So, I, I mean, Green Run, very capable. They played in state championship games before, so um, they're capable. But, man, that's a powerhouse classification right there. James Madison is back into the state playoffs after losing in the state championship last year to Oscar Smith. Good news, they won't see Oscar Smith. Bad news, they've got a tough test uh, with Fairfax and the Fairfax Lions. Uh, that's a team that's somewhat close to where they are. And then Western Branch and Freedom play. That's a lot of Nova schools right there in class six still playing. Um, a lot of Hokies come from those schools right there. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting battle in class six. And honestly, this right now, um, and we'll have Matt Hatfield on next week to talk about hoping the state to. championships. We're hoping to. Yeah. Um, but I would say this is probably the most open of the classifications just yeah. because James Madison has that history of getting there, but they're playing a really good undefeated Fairfax team this year and in that state semifinal. And then the same thing for Freedom. They're undefeated, but it's almost a thing of like, I need to see Freedom do it before I can expect them yeah. to win. I mean, they might be the weakest when they're undefeated, and but I mean, again, they can, they can walk away with that thing. Sure. All right, Joe. Let's talk about America. Let's talk about America. Our players and our coaches got grilled yesterday in some press conferences by um, the Iranian state media that was just looking to start fights and create controversies. And I thought our players handled that well. The only thing they did better than handling the press conferences was kind of how they won today 
Uh, it was a late goal in the first half. Christian Pulisic scores, sacrificed himself. Uh, he did not play in the second half due to injury, an abdominal injury that looked pretty close to uh, an area where you just don't want to get hit. I said abdomen. I think uh, it's lower abdomen would be <laughs> right. Um, very lower abdomen. <laughs> yes. Very sensitive, lower abdomen area. Um, yes. <laughs> but it was awesome when I saw the goal. Uh, it was great. Oh, that being said, man, I don't want Greg Burhalter coaching this team because those subs at the end drove me bananas. I hated it. It just felt like, we we packed it in way too early. We sat for the last 20 minutes, and those were gut-wrenching 20 minutes. And sure. if – now, I'm glad they didn't. I didn't think it was a penalty. But if the official had called the handball, which his hand is tucked in front of him, so very rarely is that given a penalty. Um, but if they had, or if they had given that touch on the shoulder, which I thought he went down way too easy and the officials agreed. But if they had given that, we were not in a position to be able to score another goal. We had – Almost all defenders. We had one forward, and it wasn't a good one. And I just, Gio Reyna is our best player, and he never plays. I don't understand what he did to Greg Berhalter personally. I have theories in the friend group that I won't say on the podcast, but I just, I don't get it. I don't know what he, why he doesn't play. I don't get why Shaq Moore gets in as much as he does. I don't get why we go to some of the other forwards. Uh, Haji is another one. I just, I don't. He shouldn't be playing as much as he is when you have a guy like Gio Reyna. And in a game where when you're up one nothing, you're still looking for another goal maybe as an insurance, but you also want to be able to control possession. You know who's really good at controlling possession? Gio Reyna. So naturally you wouldn't play him. Um, I, I don't know. It's odd. Look, I'm glad we got out of the group. I'm glad we got the win today. It was great. It's a phenomenal win. I loved it. I've never felt more patriotic. Um, well, that's probably not true. But at least... Sports-wise. Sports-wise in a long time. Um, I don't even think it's the most patriotic I've felt sports-wise. But it it's great. It felt awesome. It's been a while. It was a fantastic win. And I just loved it. I, I loved it. We got out of the group. How old were you when, when did we believe in miracles? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't alive. So, um, in, what is it, 80, 81? But 2010, Landon Donovan's goal against Algeria was pretty cool. And... Um, the 28 team that went to the quarterfinals was a fun run too. Um, I just this is a this is, and the women's team wins World Cups. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then the Olympics, I get jazzed. I don't even have to know the athletes' names, and I'll get jazzed about the sport. So, um, from from my view of this game, because we hadn't talked, we we did watch the other game together. We didn't watch this one together, and we were quiet. Um, because it's stressful. Um. I like that the referee stayed out of this game early. They mm-hmm. said he was kind of an emotional referee. I was fine with him. And I've kind of been tough on referees throughout even watching other games. I liked him fine. He stayed out of the way. He didn't award a lot of penalties. I'll also say, particularly on the U.S. side, there was a lot of people getting tackled and hopping back up and playing. I appreciate that when I watch soccer. I appreciate I'll acknowledge it when I see it, when people aren't faking injury a whole lot. Now, I know at the end we did a bit more of it, but that's part of wasting time. That's what – Iran was pretty much trying to do the entire game from what I saw. Um, I I have been saying, you heard me say it a week ago, and then I finally heard an announcer say it this week of like, we're t- instead of touching the ball like eight times or at least two or three times when we're about to cross it, like get the ball and get crossing. Everybody knows that we're going to move a little bit quicker. Like I think 
we are better than those times that we did do that. I felt like we had better opportunities. And so I know I'm not as deep into soccer as you are, and you could disagree with me, but I just touching it three, four times hadn't been working for us. We hadn't really scored that much in this world cup. So I just wonder if we move a little bit quicker and, and try to catch somebody on their heels for a quick second, that might at least some of the opportunities do that. Um, I like to be better on the corners too, but that's all right. I was going to say, um, as much as I love Christian Pulisic's goals, there were some internal dialogue in my head of, man, if we don't make it out, Christian Pulisic did not have a good tournament. Um, Cause the free kicks in the, in the corners from his standpoint were not great. Um, yeah. But he got the goal off of a great cross yeah, that we needed. Was amazing. And, was a- and again, and what you're touching on is exactly right. And I think it was Taylor Twelman mentioned it during the match. And I, I 100% agreed. When you're watching some of these other teams that scored a lot of goals, and you're watching some of these other teams that are sitting back, like, and they mentioned it, like Iran sitting back, the, the best attacks the U.S. had was getting in behind the defense and crossing it and getting the guys that are running onto it. That's what you need to do. And again, as the United States, I, I have no problem with that strategy. Do that. And if the middle opens up, then the middle opens up and you can attack the middle. But up until this point, England, it didn't happen. Um, and we didn't have good crosses against England either was the problem. We had better crosses against Iran. We only got one goal out of it, which was frustrating because I felt like there was a couple opportunities for other goals that we didn't get. Um, but look, it's a 1-0 win. You escape, you bring on the Netherlands. The Netherlands defensively is fantastic. They are amazing defensively. They have one of the best defenders in the world in Virgil van Dyke. That's going to be hard to score on. Um, honestly, if you're asking for the most realistic scenario that the United States beats the Netherlands, in my opinion, it's penalties. It's 0-0 all the way to penalties, and you pray. Penalties is the ultimate equalizer. And honestly, if you're in the United States... You've got a great keeper in terms of saves in Matt Turner. Um, penalties might be our best shot because the Netherlands, huh? the Netherlands forwards are crafty enough to score on our back line. And their defense is phenomenal. Now, you did hear it. If you listen to the pregames today, they mentioned it. The midfield is where Netherlands weakness is. That's probably where we could take advantage of them. That being said, I don't really trust our coach to put the best players in. In the, in the right moment. So I don't know. It, it might just be get to penalties and pray. And a, as a U.S. fan, sometimes when you're not the better team, that's what you have to do. Penalties is the ultimate equalizer. I can guarantee you the Netherlands doesn't want penalties. Netherlands is better than us. Netherlands wants to win this game of regulation. Robinson stuck out to me today. And I know he's been playing, but he stuck out to me today and I like him. Uh, I know he had a late touch that wasn't great for us, but up until that point, I thought mm-hmm. he did a really good job. I liked his pace of moving the ball, and yeah. he's pretty clean otherwise. So he's kind of one of my new guys that I'm watching. Um, but I noticed him a lot more today, and I liked him. Man, when Zimmerman didn't play the whole match and then came in at the end, I don't know. I, I just felt like we're putting the guy in who conceded a late penalty to cost us a win. We're going to put him in in a situation where a penalty will cost us a chance to advance. Okay. I I just, I was worried. I was worried. And, and again, it just, here's my other problem with Greg Berhalter. He says the right things in the lead up to the match, right? We're not going to quit. We're going to play physical. We want to get the ball. We want to drive it to their end. We want to put shots on their goal, blah, 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 blah. Great. Today, that's exactly what we needed. We did that in the first half. We did that for the beginning of the second half. And then when he started camping, I'm like, okay, this is not what, this is not what got us here. 
What got us here is them not having the ball. Why do we want to give them the ball? The only way they can score is if we sit back. Because right now we're dominating them. We're dominating possession. They they don't have it in the midfield. They don't have it in the forwards. They don't. Very rarely were they getting entry passes. And, and then when we started to sit back and we started to put five defenders in, we played five in the back, that's when Iran started to ask questions and get a little closer and make it a little bit hairier. And even, I mean, gosh, there were times where at the top of the box, we were way off the guy. And I'm like, somebody needs to mark that guy. And the one that scared me the most was the shot, the curler that just missed the corner. Because when he hit that, I, I saw, oh. I was like, Matt Turner's got no shot at this. I was yeah. like, if that's corner, that's it. We're dead. And luckily, it went wide. But I was like, whew. Yeah, that was close. I, I knew coming in from what I had listened to otherwise, we'd been bad in the last 10 minutes of games, every other game. Today was and no I, different. Iran had been great in the last 10 minutes of every other game. So I was really nervous about those last 10 minutes, no matter what was happening. I was begging for a second goal because I was really worried. So I'm glad, I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, today, today was no different. Um, I'm just glad we got the win. It was a huge, huge win. Again, it's the Netherlands. It's Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, I'm looking forward to that match. I think it's going to be a, a good match. I'm not saying the U.S. has a 0% shot. I, I, it's a small shot. And again, I think the most realistic win, the best chance for a U.S. win comes in penalties. I don't think it comes in regulation. And again, it's because we have two goals in the group stage. Netherlands had two goals today. I think the Netherlands scored two goals in every single one of their matches so far. So I, I, for me, it, it gets to pray you get to penalties and then you somehow advance. And then you worry about who you see then. If you're not familiar with soccer and you're just getting on board for the World Cup and you're like, yeah, you know, USA, yeah, USA, me. we can win, we can win, we can win. <laughs> we're not going to win. We're not going to win the World Cup. I'm telling you right now. Oh, yeah, we're not going to win the World Cup, but I'd but, like to win this one. Oh, the Netherlands. Sure. Yeah, I'd like to win this one. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant I'd like to win this one as in this World Cup. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. This game. Let's pray that we're better and we have a better coach in 2026 and maybe we can I, do something crazy. These and get deeper. brackets were designed for us to have a good chance of coming out of this one. We were probably the second seeded one in this. We district. were the second odds on favorite yeah. of getting out. Iran was so, third. I always want my team to win in a tournament one mm -hmm. more game at least, and they should. And I do that with Virginia Tech in my bracket mm -hmm. all, every year. And so this is that game for U.S. Win this game, that'd be one yeah. more game. We are the underdog. We yeah. are absolutely the underdog against the Netherlands. Um, yeah. England looked dominant today. They bossed Wales, and England is back to being a favorite to win the World Cup with Brazil, with Argentina. Although Argentina, it'd be a real shame if somebody beat them on – <laughs> the last match and they somehow missed out on the world cup. That'd be a real shame. Um, but <sighs> man, gosh, it feels great to be an American today. Yeah. Some days are better than others. So we'll take, we'll take it when we get them. Yeah. Um, just focus moving, on sports. It's fine. <laughs> moving to college football, uh, JMU, they had their big win against coastal. Uh, I was surprised it was a 40 point game to be honest. Yeah, I know their uh, starting thought, quarterback was out, but I thought Coastal would be able to keep it a little closer than 40 yeah. points. And so good on JMU to come out firing and going. And uh, it ends the season. It does. Still a lot of talk about what's unfair and this and that. My, my really only response is that it's the rules that were established before JMU ever thought about moving up, even 
10 years ago when they thought about moving up and didn't same rules existed then too. And same precedent. If, if this drives the rule to get changed, fine. But I just, I just don't expect things to change overnight for JMU. I just don't come with that kind of everything needs to be our way. And, you know, millennial style here and we just move on and next year they'll be eligible and that'll be great. And we can stop hearing about whining of what they did or didn't deserve. And I, I think JMU could easily just turn and, and really enjoy what volleyball is doing, who is eligible, who did just win their conference, who is going to play in the tournament. Like focus on that, focus on what you're eligible for. You knew you weren't eligible for postseason play in football before the season ever started. So just accept it at some point here and move on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I saw people being like, if JMU doesn't put up a division championship banner, they're cowards, blah, blah, blah. Look, no. doing it, doing it, doing stuff that would make the CAA mad on the way out is one thing. Because there's nothing they can do to hurt you. Doing something that would piss off the rest of the Sun Belt as your first year member is a terrible idea. And it's why I hope the people at JMU are smarter than JMU fans and people who cover JMU, well, one person who covers JMU for the DNR, um, because that would be an incredibly bad decision. Um, and I guess I, you know, when I, I he's a fan, so it's the same people. Um, but the specific person that covers football for the DNR is not what we're referencing. I don't want to get that confused. Oh, absolutely correct. Uh, we should uh, let's just say his name, Shane. Um, Shane's a fan. Um, so don't listen to Shane. Don't listen to fans. Do the smart thing. JMU don't, you already had the Kings of the East thing. That's fine. Whatever. But you don't put up anything official in the stadium. I'm fine with the players celebrating an accomplishment. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. The players celebrate on the field with that sign that they had made. That's fine. But nothing official goes up in the stadium. Also, frankly, we shouldn't be in the business of hanging up division champion banners. I think that's a no. stupid thing to do. Conference championships. Conference championships. And you don't claim one this year because you weren't eligible for it. And you need to be smarter right. than your fans and Shane. So you don't do that. Um, it, when someone says JMU men's basketball would have beaten UNC, that person's too stupid to listen to. So you don't listen to that person. Um, other games that happened of consequence – let me just say this. You have two of the games highlighted here um, that I thought Vegas to it well on the in the top three. You have all three highlighted in, in general here. But the games that I thought when I looked at the spreads and I was like, man, Vegas is giving money away. Michigan plus seven and a half. Michigan plus seven and a half. South Carolina plus 14 and a half. Auburn plus 22 and a half. Now, Auburn lost by 22, so I needed that half, um, which worried me. But needed it and got it. Um, but South Carolina and Michigan being that big of favorites, I didn't know if either one would win. But I was like, no way they get beat. I didn't. I was like, no way that Michigan loses by more than a score. I thought that was going to be a one-score game either way. I was wrong. Michigan dog-walked Ohio State. But... South Carolina is a 14-point dog. I've watched a lot of Clemson this year. I was like, I don't think they're capable of beating anybody by 14 at this point. And they very much did not. They got killed. Um, So that was Vegas giving you money if you took them up on it. Um, I took them up on it. I took Michigan money line. I took South Carolina money line. Oh, you were bolder than me. I took Kentucky money line. 
and it was going great all afternoon. And I took Oregon money line, and they're up 21. Oh, yeah. And then it all fell apart. You know what the craziest part of that comeback was? What? Oregon State did not throw a pass. No. In the second half of the third quarter on. Yep. It was straight runs. Oregon's defense just played Oregon's defense, and uh, it was very disappointing. It was quite the bet that I had put together, and I think I referenced it at 10 a.m. to you as me being crazy. But uh, then it all kind of came together, so I was riding it, and uh, I had an opportunity to cash out and uh, obviously look back at that and wish I would (laughs) have, but it was a fun ride. Um, And, you know. The kids will still have shoes, so we're still good. And uh, but yeah, it was it was a fun little Saturday with those early upsets in the day to kind of see what we could get going the rest of the way. Uh, luckily, I bet the favorite in the night game there with uh, USC, Whew. so I at least came away with some money, and uh, that was good. Uh, let me tell you, that quarterback for USC won the Heisman. Yeah, he looked great. I, I but I was looking at it and looking at names and looking at arguments. I think Hendon might still get the invite. He'll get an invite, but he's not gonna win. No, he's not going to win. He can't win. He just can't win. That's not how the Heisman works. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not uh, actually the best it, player. It's, him getting an invite, yeah. I think, is, is still something. I, I always respect If you get an invite, I respect that. So. Sure. Um, but Absolutely. I tell you what, that running back for USC looked great, too. That yeah. looked – I was I, like, am I watching Riverheads? I'm watching a team in red run through a, another team right now, <laughs> and the running back just is running into people and can't be tackled. Like you, You've talked a lot of trash on Lincoln Riley. He – he He's doing well at USC this year. They are very deserving they of their top four place. He is very deserving of his top four place in the playoff. I hope they get in the playoff. I actually think if they do, if, I think, okay, let's talk about it. Top four, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, in that order. I have no complaints. I have no yeah. complaints. I hope all four of them win. I hope they stay I in the too. same spots because I'd love to see those matchups. I'd love to see TCU play Michigan. I'd love to see USC play Georgia. I think USC, if if that quarterback and that running back play the way they did now, they're going to be playing a defense that's much better than Notre Dame's. Um, but I think it's going to be a game. I don't think Georgia's going to blow them out. I might I, be wrong. I might be the dumbest man talking right now, but time will tell people, people have probably already said that once in this episode yeah no i'm i'm good like you are i want i want that top four i want it to stay the same last week we had our surprises now let's roll whatever make sure we don't get alabama back in and i'm fine with ohio state being like i'm just fine with it we just saw them lose plus the argument that i always make about not expanding the playoff which i'm i am fine with 12 i'm not arguing against 12 but if I'm arguing against any more numbers of playoff teams at any point, then I couldn't just sit here and be like, well, Ohio State still deserves to be in this play. No, like they just lost last week. I'm good with the four the way it is. Let's roll that way. If it was 12, it'd be fun. There'd be games. I'd watch them. Fine. I'm, I'm not denying that, but I'm fine. I, I think there's a line here. I think with recent performances, Alabama losing two games, all that, I'm, I'm, I, if that line can just stay right between four and five like it is, I'm happy. Clemson staying at up the top four. I'm not going to argue either. So Clemson staying at nine is a take. Look, but look below them. Like that's what I started coming up with Saturday night, late Saturday night. I was looking at Twitter and people were talking about how far Clemson fall, and I was like, they're only going to fall, but so far because everybody down there has those two losses. And then people got so worked up about Alabama and where they were ranked in the in the AP poll, and I was like. Let the playoff poll come out before you start burning this thing down. And to be fair, 
I don't want to see Alabama in this playoff. But to be fair, they lost both those games by like a combined two points or whatever. It was. But they like, could also have lost to Texas A&M and Texas and Ole Miss. Yeah, but they didn't. They won those games and they had they didn't lose to a, the far inferior teams like a South Carolina. And I'm, I'm happy for Shane, but they were down the list. Like, and they didn't lose another game on top of that. They lost to and who was in the top eight all season, basically Tennessee and LSU. And they just recently dropped day on a bit. Tennessee's still sitting at seven. I just like, I get why Alabama's still dancing around there. Like I understand it. I don't want them in there. I wish they were further down. I wish I wouldn't even have to sweat at night about it, but I get it. I get the close losses that they had. Like, it's not like they got blown out in the game. Ohio state can't say that. Tennessee can't say that. Sure. State can't say that. Clemson can't say that. Like no one else below them can say that. I don't have a problem with that where Alabama is. Yeah. I, I would put Tennessee well, but Hendon Hooker's hurt. So that's why Tennessee. Yeah. Is Tennessee better than Alabama right now without Hendon? No. No. So okay. Given the and facts. And that was my argument when I have. was arguing with yes. I was arguing with Dan the man about Ohio State and Alabama the other day. And he's like, I'm mad that they have Alabama ahead of Ohio State. I said, Who would win in that game if they played? He said, I think Ohio State would. I was like, Okay, then you could deserve to be mad. I don't. I think Alabama would win. So I, 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 I do get too. it. I do too. Um now, my argument for why Clemson somehow only dropped one spot. I think Kansas State's better than they are. I think Utah's better than they are. I think Washington might be better than they are. I'm feeling you less on those Pac teams. I just haven't been impressed with the Pac-10 conference out there, so that's why I was going to be disappointed if if USC didn't just take care of their business because they weren't going to deserve a spot. You impressed with Clemson? No. I don't want them in it either. I don't know. They're dibbling down there somewhere. I, I start to lose interest in arguing between 8 and 11. Like, well, and here's and the thing, the same thing if, last year, if, you're arguing Cincinnati and all this. And I was like, I just don't care who's seventh as much. Or, you know, like, I guess when you start getting seventh, six, start caring more because you're on the outside looking in. But just what's your up behind that? It, it all starts to mix together. And here's my thing, right? What, what we're here, what we're hearing from the college football playoff committee is you know, what, we value conference championships. My thing is you're telling me if Kansas State and if Clemson win now, neither one of them will get in. But no. if they both win, that means at least one team in the top four has lost in TCU. You're telling me Clemson would get in ahead of Kansas State? That would be a problem. Kansas State's better. Kansas State's played a tougher schedule. I think Kansas State's better. The truth the is, that's when they stop. Fix all that. The truth is, that's when they stop caring about conference championships and Ohio State gets in. Yeah. Did you see Georgia Tech didn't hire that two lane coach? That was like done deal or whatever. And they hired they they just uh, I'm telling promoted. you, I I don't know why Georgia Tech did any of the things they did. Um I thought Dion I don't think Dion was ever real. I can't believe it. Dion would have been a real, great hire. I think he'd be there. Dion would have been a great hire. I don't know why they didn't hire Dion. He has owned Atlanta before. He can own it again. I don't know why they didn't hire Dion. I don't know why I mean the two lane coach seemed like a better option than the in house guy. I don't know. Whatever. It's not my program. And since Virginia Tech has to play them, good. Um, <laughs> but that means in the conference championships, uh, there is one that you left out. I can't believe you left it out. Um, Ohio plays Toledo Ohio in the MAC championship. I knew when I left it out, I knew you'd say something. <laughs> Paul's up for the Bobcats. Let's go, Ohio. Um, you also have Utah, Utah playing USC. I think USC will win. Um, you have Kansas State, TCU. That's going to be a fantastic game at noon on Saturday. Yeah. Um, we're going to miss it. Mm, we'll see. Um, 
What do you mean? We'll see. <laughs> I mean, there may be a tablet up there. Um, we need an additional tablet up there. Yes. I'm telling you there might be one. Um, Purdue plays Michigan. Man, would it not be absolute bananas if Purdue does what Purdue does best and upsets a number two team? Yeah. I think Michigan's decent enough. That won't happen. I, I'm not rooting for it. I'm not. Let me, let me say it. this. If it happens, I think Michigan's in anyway. I think it just means Michigan's four instead of two. Ohio State's loss is better. <laughs> Could you imagine if they said that? Could you imagine we would have an actual war in this country? That would be the North fighting against each other. Yeah. It would be Michigan declaring war on Ohio for the second time in our nation's history. Um, look it up. It happened. Um, Let's see. Oh, LSU, Georgia, we mentioned. Purdue, Michigan. And then Clemson plays UNC in a game that Notre Dame has neutered. And then Georgia Tech and (laughs) NC State neutered UNC. And Clemson got neutered by South Carolina. I'm not rooting for the Tark Four to lose. I'm going to go make a bet on all the favorites and hope to win. I hope they do because I like that top four. I think that's a deserving top four. Yeah. Um, and if they want to play with the order for TV, I'm fine. Like, I'm not going to sure. argue. If that's the top four, I'm going to be fine. I want Georgia and USC to play, and I want Michigan and TCU to play. I think. At- give me East versus West. Give me middle of the country versus middle of the country. I mean, I think. I think you could have a pretty good opportunity to see Georgia and USC play one way or the other. Maybe those might be the two best teams in the country. They might be, but Michigan looked pretty good. Actually, might be hurting them. Michigan looked pretty good. Yeah. They played solid. TCU played a good big 12 this year. Yeah. Once, once Oklahoma's bad, all of a sudden the big 12 is (laughs) good. It was. Kansas State was good. Texas was good. Even with a backup quarterback, Texas was better this year. If Oklahoma was good. Baylor was good. (laughs) Baylor was all right. Um, It's amazing what Oklahoma being bad will do for your conference. But I thought the Big 12 was good this year. would get bad and see if it helps the ACC, right? (laughs) Depends on if Virginia Tech's good. Um, Speaking of Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, in the last year of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, comes out a winner. Beats Minnesota. Huge win for the Hokies. It's the end of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, a casualty of TV contracts. They get the SEC Challenge instead. It's it's fine. Yeah, um, one of those conferences is not like the other. It was the first of three big games for the Hokies as they take on UNC on Sunday at 3 on the ACC mm-hmm. Network. And then next Wednesday, I know we'll have a podcast before then, but they play Dayton. That's on another Wednesday big night game. Yeah. At eight o'clock. So all three in a row, big games, all home games. Uh, so a nice little test run here for the Hokies. I mean, they've already won one of those. So I was going to say coming into that, they got to, you know, win two of the three, like you got to. And uh, so I like already getting the one win. Both of these are going to be challenges. I know UNC's had their downs in the last week uh, when they were the number one team and they lost a couple times. But, uh, I think those are play. I think those are not bad laws. I mean, one is to Alabama, yeah. who's a top twenty-five team and is good, yeah. and then the other one is to an Iowa State team that is. I if I didn't see the latest rankings, but if they're not they're ranked, yeah, if they're not ranked, they're going to be soon. I mean, they were. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're it's in fine. the top twenty-five. They're twenty-three now. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I think they're they're a good basketball team. Um, 
and, the team and, that is pretty good is UVA. And yeah. I'm saying it. They're scoring points. This, like, when you put that defense and the ball control offense that they like to do, but you're also scoring points with it, this is when they can be really good. And this is what I said a couple years ago when they did win the national championship. I said, something's different this year. They're actually scoring. And I, I don't want to say I believed. I probably still talk crap. But I did say it was different. And they went on to win the national championship. And so I'm not saying that's what they're destined for this year, but they deserve the high ranking that they have right now. Yes, they do. And, um, you know, I th- this is a team that right now is looking like maybe it is the best team in the ACC. They're the number three team in the country. They're behind. They're actually the best team in the country. That's not from the state of Texas um, because Houston and Texas are one and two. Um, but, and, and there's a lot of basketball to be played. I mean, if you're looking at, if you're saying, why aren't we the number one team in the country today? You know, don't worry. It'll take care of itself. Um, but I think this is a, this is a good UVA team. And like you've said, the fact that they're scoring points is what makes them so scary. They go to Michigan. I think that's going to be a win. And then hopefully I've jinxed them though, by saying they're good and all that and giving them credit. They're good. That's really was my motivation for what I just said was that. Okay. Well, I, I say it because I, I legitimately think they are good. Um, Florida state, (laughs) Florida state is next. That will definitely be a win. And then they get to play JMU who they lost to last year in Harrisonburg. So there's that added motivation. And like I said, there's a fan that uh, is a member of the media that hypes any team that plays JMU for them. And when he says things like, JMU uh, with an average shooting day would beat UNC as if UNC would do nothing different, um, then that probably means UVA is going to go out there and try to beat them by 50. So, And, and also in the same breath, acknowledge the, the guy that most teams can't do anything with. Well, they don't have an answer for him, but yeah, they'd still beat him. Like, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, what are we talking which, about? which is a healthy reminder to everyone. When you lose, um, whether it be football or basketball, just go ahead and acknowledge that if you had scored every time you had the ball, you wouldn't have lost. And um, technically, you've said something that's not incorrect and that people can't argue with because you're just stating a fact. I was told that numerous times on Twitter by Shane and another person who I think is Shane's burner account. So, yeah, limited people. There was you got some likes on your side there and. Yeah, I might have heard of a DM that you got or two. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's absolute nonsense on the JMU was going to win in Chapel Hill. Let me tell you, um, if you if the book had been written by C.S. Lewis and they took you to Narnia, it would have been more believable than JMU winning that game in Chapel Hill. So, I mean, if they do, it's a black and white thing. You either win or you don't. You didn't. And And you lost by 16. It wasn't even that close. You lost by 16. It wasn't even that close. My God. It's like if Coastal Carolina say, well, if we were a starting quarterback, we would have beaten JMU. You lost by 40. I don't know. I think maybe not. I'm sure Shane would have had something to say to that. Yeah. Good All right. day. How was your Thanksgiving? Did it? I mean, you seem awful anxious tonight. You seem, you seem on fire. Let's go, America. Oh. You're just that fired up about soccer. It is called soccer because we're America, and we How made it to the round of 16. Though? Thanksgiving was, was fine. Thanksgiving was good. Um, the no-blown tires this week, which was, you know, aces, um, the small things. But Thanksgiving was fun. Um, came back here 
saw you Black Friday, watched soccer, went back Saturday after calling the men's game at VCU uh, where they came back and beat Kennesaw State. Um, got to spend time with more family up there than Saturday, and it was great. Um, it's a fun time for Thanksgiving. How was yours? It was good. Uh, a lot of family stuff. Don't get quite as many family events as I used to in, in multiple directions, but it's kind of zeroed in on really good ones. So uh, I, I ate well and then continued to eat leftovers very well <laughs> thereafter, uh, still working on some of those, which has been great. Uh, obviously, I think anybody that's been listening to this episode understands all the coughing and stuff that I'm doing over here that we had the bug hit us. Uh, we thought it was just reaction from some of the kids last week. It was reaction to some of the flu shot that they got. Uh, but then it's kind of carried on since and passed to other people. And so I don't, I don't think that is what that is anymore because I don't think that's transferable. Uh, but we're getting back at it and getting more and more kids to school every day that we can since. So, uh, the, it started out great. I love Thanksgiving week. I don't know if we talked about Thanksgiving much last week, but it's my favorite holiday. Cause it's for me, it's a lot like Christmas without the gifts. And so, uh, I kind of put it above Christmas in a sense, because you get the family time and the meals and the events without all that pressure of gifts. And so, uh, enjoyed it for that, those good reasons. Um, but yeah, Sunday started to wrap up kind of poorly and then it rolled into a work week that was slow to start, uh, on my end. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good weekend though. And I'm looking forward to Christmas now because now that Thanksgiving's out of the way, now I'm looking forward to Christmas. Yeah. And my wife's got all the shopping done. So yeah, that's good. Right. <laughs> and, um, I guess I'll just say this, like, I, I, I do think, um, you know, I was sick a few weeks ago. So I, I sympathize with you there. It's, it sucks even when it's not COVID and it's just a cold or the flu or whatever it sucks. And, um, it's brutal. I missed, I, I missed ever having the vid. Uh, so this is definitely the sickest I've been in some years now. Yeah. That's how I was too. That's why I missed those two weeks uh, on Fridays, uh, with you guys the last, well, I should say the last two weeks, the weeks before that were VCU related, but, um, yeah, it was just, cold and I didn't want to share. So I, I will not take responsibility for sharing. I know you mentioned the youth, uh, got you sick. Um, yeah, no, it's these schools. Yeah. It's the youth. Sometimes that happens. Critical, critical cold theory was taught apparently. And they're trying to home. weed out. They're trying to <laughs> weed out the weak. Um, but, <laughs> they got me. <laughs> um, I do want to mention, and, and this goes back to, again, I think, when folks are talking about Virginia Tech, you know, why didn't we win more games? Why didn't we win more games? We had no one, no one on all first team, second or third team ACC. Oof. We had a handful of all honorable mention. And there are people saying, yeah, and I, I see in the comments, like one person's like, we had the number one guy in tackles for loss in the conference and the number two guy in sacks in the conference. One, I think that's just conference games that those numbers are in. And two, doesn't mean they're the best players. And I think anyone with eyes could have told you that. But again, yeah, I know it's hard for some people to remember that. But again, they're just not, they weren't as good this year. I know we beat Liberty, I, and and let me say this. Oh, okay, we didn't talk about that. Let's talk about that here in the D block because I've got nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm just so jazzed up for sports. Um, but Hugh Freeze leaving. Oh my goodness, we didn't talk about this. Did you see the the social media from Liberty? The picture of Hugh Freeze with his back 
to the to the picture. <laughs> I, I think I think there was something in that. That was funny. I laughed at that. I thought that was grade A trolling. Um, I I just appreciated all like the Auburn people are like telling me how good a guy Hugh Freeze is, and I'm like, have you heard of this guy before? Like you understand why he was asked to leave Ole Miss, why he had to go to Liberty because he needed to be saved. I, I don't know a better way to say well, that. Well, he did it's relinquish control of his of social it, media. From a professional, <laughs> from professional, I don't mean to say that in a sensitive way, from a professional coaching manner. He needed to go somewhere to like clean himself up and Liberty was the choice. I, oof, like, you can't just, he, he beat Saban twice. That's why you hired him. Don't, don't try to lie to me. Don't try to say it's different than that. That's what the answer is. So just let's be honest. Yeah, it was something. I just thought, you know, when when Liberty sends that picture out, and then when you look at it, because there were some Liberty people that were miffed, and part of me wanted to be like, this is where you need to recognize who you are. They need to show them, like, in the hospital bed up in the... Like, you're you're not Auburn. Like, you need to understand that, and you need to be okay with that. Like, logic, you're not Auburn. But well, they just go find the next school that has issues. Somebody gets fired in the next three weeks because they broke rules and it made the university. They can just go hire that guy. Urban Meyer needs Urban Meyer needs an image. Urban Meyer, yeah, there you go. Oh gosh, if they got Urban Meyer, that would be another level. Um, but also on brand. Anyway, um, the the part I was the part I was gonna say that I get Liberty fans being mad. They're eight and four. They lost their last three games. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Joe, who did they play in those last three games? I'm glad you asked. UConn, Virginia Tech, New Mexico State. Ugh, I, I didn't hear a good team listed there. And the New Mexico State game was a blowout. They lost. Well, that's because he had already told the team that he was talking to a different team. That 49 to 14. I, I don't care what you say. He checked out when that Auburn coach got fired because he lost to UConn, Virginia Tech, and New Mexico State. He was Audi 5000 the second that job got opened. Lane did the same thing. Him and Lane. Because I think he thought, you know what? Either Lane's getting that job or I'm getting that job. And if Lane gets that job, I'm going back to Ole Miss. (laughs) They're taking me back. (laughs) He, He knew he wasn't staying at Liberty. When that got when that Auburn job opened, he's like, I'm not staying at Liberty. Yeah, it's 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 something. So we'll see who Liberty That's the part I get. Is. It's I don't have a problem with coaches moving up. I do have a problem with coaches like quitting their current job. Before That's what Tulane's coach would have been doing. Oh. No, I'm oh. saying like you just stop yeah. preparing. You just stop doing work. Yeah, like I don't need to game plan because follow through and have that chance. Yeah, I'm not going to game plan because I'm not going to be here. Like, I don't think he recruited the last three, four weeks of the season either. Like, that's you don't lose in that fashion in New Mexico State unless you literally were just like, eh, random plays. Well, Joe, I know you always like to hear about my black team and uh, we got back at it again tonight with the little league basketball up at Riverheads. And the sad thing is we won't, we won't be wearing the black jerseys this year. They're oh. doing it different where we're going to have reversibles. So there'll be red and white, the school colors, and then we'll come prepared with it flipped the right way. 
for the game. So no black team this year. So you're the uh, so each it's week your I'll red be team red or white. and your yeah. white team. Yeah, which I, I assume on most of these kids by middle of the season they'll turn into the pink team because uh, <laughs> the home washing machine usually will get that no from experience with Riverheads jerseys that that can happen. Um, How come on, yeah. guys? It's cold. Just run the cold water. It's not hard. Stuff happens. I, I um, put whites in there by accident. Just cold water. Cold water. I've never done it. I've just had it happen to my stuff. Ugh, cold water. Come on, don't. don't. We got to fix, though. Anyway. Um, yeah. We got to practice in tonight. It was the first practice. Halfway through, I remembered all the stuff that I should have taught them the first 10 minutes of practice. Uh, but I'm out there teaching aggressiveness and positive and hustle and all that. So uh, I got even, I got another year that I'm only coaching one team this year, which is very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's what also hurt my voice coming tonight. So we'll have some little league updates throughout the season. Uh, we only have six kids on a, on the team here for all Riverheads teams uh, at this level. Uh, so everybody's going to be playing a lot of minutes. So it'll be fun. All right. Well, that's good. And um, wish you the best in that. I'm sure we'll get updates about your red team and your white team um, and which team it is each week. I know it's going to, I know it's going to come down to one side's better than the other. So I'm going to start, you know, calling the other team like, Hey, you guys got to flip the other way. Let's go. <laughs> you guys got to be the red team or the white team. Yeah. <laughs> or we're, you guys got to be the white team. We're the red team. Yeah, I get it. It's not superstitious. It's, it's I always like when I was in high school, I always like we had flippable practice jerseys. I always like that red side better. So yeah, I, it's that red. I, I'm I'm sure it's gonna be the right answer. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I will we say we wore the blue up. uniforms today, Team USA. I like our blue uniforms. I like the blue too. I like the blue a lot. We should wear blue against Netherlands. Ooh, color on color. That's what we need. Blue on orange. Yeah, that's not a problem. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Wear blue on orange. It'll be fine. We just did it. Liberty and Tech did it on football a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, it's so fine. Blue on orange works. Fine. Netherlands will wear orange because they always wear orange. We'll wear blue because we wear blue. It'll be fine. We wear blue on Saturdays. We need. To, yeah, we need to wear blue if we want to score goals. Um. Lord knows the white. <laughs> hey. goal. Lord knows the white <laughs> uniforms didn't score any goals. Um. <sighs> all right. I think well, that's all I got. Yeah, go ahead. I want to remind everybody that's listened this far. If you want to hear us talk more about the high school football, we will be on air Saturday at 1230 on ESPN 1240, the boss 1240 AM in the Stanton area online at uh, ESPN 1240, the boss.com. And uh, also can be found on the tune in app by searching W T O N. You can always interact with the R Twitter or Facebook, or the station's Facebook or Twitter if you have any questions on how to find us. Uh, but just Google us, and you will find the station WTON. And we'll be back next week to break down the state championship games that are getting set up for next week. We're hoping that we have a local team in it for the eighth year in a row. Um, actually, it'd be ninth year in a row because the year before Riverhead started this run, Wilson was in one. Um, but Riverhead's looking to make it eight years in a row in this, try to win their seventh in a row, but Essex is is their best shot to stand in the way there. So we'll see what happens this week. We'll talk about it next week, and we look forward to doing that here on the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.